This is a recording of Coming Down and Bringing Down, Pejorative Onomastic Allusions to the Jaredites in Helaman 6.25, 6.38, and Ether 2.11 by Matthew L. Bowen. Published in Interpreter, a Journal of Latter-day Saint Faith and Scholarship, read by Victor Wirth. Abstract. Mormon uses pejorative wordplay on the name Jaredites based on the meaning of the Hebrew verb yarad. The onomastic rhetoric involving the meaning of yarad first surfaces in Helaman 6, where Mormon also employs wordplay on the name Cain in terms of kana, or getting gain. The first wordplay occurs in the negative purpose clause, lest they should be a means of bringing down, cf. lehorid, the people unto destruction, Helaman 6.25, and the second in the prepositional phrase, until they had come down, cf. yaradu, or yordu, to believe in their works, Helaman 6.38. Mormon uses these pejorative word plays as a means of emphasizing the genetic link that he sees between Jaredic secret combinations and the derivative Gadianton robbers. Moroni reflects upon his father's earlier use of this type of pejorative wordplay on Jaredites and Yarad when he directly informs Latter-day Gentiles regarding the decrees of God upon the land of promise, quote, that ye may repent and not continue in your iniquities until the fullness become, that ye may not bring down, cf. Toridu, Horad Tem, the fullness of the wrath of God upon you, as the inhabitants of the land hath hitherto done, Ether 2.11. All three of these onomastic allusions constitute an urgent and timely warning to Latter-day Gentiles living upon the land of promise. They warn the Gentiles against coming down to believe in and partake of the works and spoils of secret combinations like the Jaredites and the Nephites did, and thus bringing down their own people to destruction and bringing down the fullness of the wrath of God upon themselves as the Jaredites and the Nephites both did. The Jaredites occupy a conspicuous place within Mormons and Moroni's history. Brent Gardner writes, quote, Mormon does not blame Nephite woes on Satan. He blames the Jaredites. They were the model from history of how a nation might be utterly destroyed. More than simply being a model for destruction, Mormon asserts that Jaredite history actively affected the Nephites. Mormon carefully links the Jaredites' secret combinations to destruction, then links both Jaredites and the destruction of governments to the secret combination he calls the Gadianton robbers. Gardner sees a genetic relationship between the Jaredite secret combinations and the robbers. In other words, the Gadiantons represented a Jaredite infection of Nephite society. There are at least two textual peculiarities in Helaman 6.25 and 38, where Mormon details the menace of the Gadianton secret combinations, and one in Ether 2.11, as part of a warning that offer striking support for Gardner's theses. Using unique collocations, Mormon and Moroni appear to create distinctive onomastic allusions to the Jaredites based on the Hebrew verb yarad, go down or come down, causative bring down. Whether or not the Book of Mormon name Jared, in terms of etymology, ultimately represents the same name as that of the patriarch Jared, Hebrew Yared or Yared, mentioned as the father of Enoch in Genesis 5:18-20, the Nephites almost certainly understood it as such. Thus, the two aforementioned statements Mormon makes regarding Gadianton's secret combinations and the warning Moroni gives Latter-day Gentiles in the context of the Jaredite covenant and Jaredite destruction require a close examination.
In this article, I propose that Mormon's statements in Helaman 6, a block of text in which he also makes distinctive onomastic allusions to Cain in terms of canal, getting gain, Helaman 6, 17 and 27, constitute onomastic allusions to the name Jared and Jaredites in terms of the Hebrew verb yarat, come down, causative, bring down. Quote, it is these secret oaths and covenants which Alma commanded his son should not go forth unto the world, lest they should be the means of bringing down, cf. Lehorid, the people unto destruction. Helaman 6.25. Emphasis in all scriptural citations is mine. Quote, the Gadiantans had seduced the more part of the righteous, Nephites, until they had come down, cf. Yaredu, to believe in their works and partake of their spoils. Helaman 6.38. These pejorative allusions to the Jaredites emphasize the genetic relationship between the secret combinations which brought down Jaredite civilization to destruction and the Nephite secret combinations which did much the same to Nephite civilization. I further propose that Moroni, reflecting upon and building on the earlier pejorative word plays of his father in Helaman 6.25 and 6.38, issues an elusive warning to the Latter-day Gentiles in the Promised Land of whom the Jaredites serve as a stark antitype. Moroni, using onomastic rhetoric similar to that of his father, warns Latter-day Gentiles against becoming like the Jaredites. Quote, and this, i.e. the Book of Mormon, cometh unto you, O ye Gentiles, that ye may know the decrees of God, that ye may repent, and not continue in your iniquities until the fullness be come, that ye may not bring down, cf. Toridu, Horat Tem, the fullness of the wrath of God upon you, as the inhabitants of the land hath hitherto done. Ether 2.11 The Book of Mormon would come forth in a time when the Latter-day Gentiles already would be, quote, ripening iniquity. Ether 2.9 See if also Ether 9.20 When Moroni's onomastic allusion to Jaredites is recognized in the context of Mormon's earlier warning, his own ominous warning and accompanying invitation to repent in Ether 2.11 emerge as even more emphatic, urgent, and timely. The names Jared and Jaredites and Descending To know with certainty the origin and meaning of the name Jared as a Jaredite name, one must more precisely ascertain the origins and language of the Jaredites. Given that Amalekai, Mormon, and Moroni describe the Jaredites as having come over from the Tower, or the Great Tower, an Asiatic origin, if not an outright Mesopotamian origin, seems certain. If such is the case, the name Jared, as attested in the Book of Mormon, plausibly represents a Hebraized cognate of the Semitic Akkadian noun Wardu, M, or Warad, which denotes slave, servant. C.F. Theophoric Warad, names like Warad Sin, servant of the moon god, a noun which in turn derives from the Akkadian verb Waradu, M, go down, descend. Akkadian Waradu, or Waradum, provides a useful analogy for the name Jared in terms of Yared, or Yarad, go down or come down, i.e. descend. The Nephites may have understood the name Jared either as slave or servant of deity, or as a hypochoristicon, meaning God shall or has descended. And the Gentilic designation Jaredites as, quote, those who go down, close quote, or, quote, bring down, cf. Yoredim or Moredim, see further below. 
Mormon fully intended to give an account of the Jaredites, as he mentions near the end of the book of Mosiah. Quote, and this account, i.e. from the plates of ether, shall be written hereafter. For behold, it is expedient that all people should know the things which are written in this account. Mosiah 28.19 Mormon never lived to give that account, but Moroni does give that account in the form of his abridged book of ether. As David Richens has pointed out, Moroni's version of the Jaredite narrative associates the name Jared in several early scenes with going down or coming down. Quote, Go to and gather together thy flocks, both male and female, of every kind, and also of the seed of the earth of every kind, and thy family, and also Jared thy brother and his family, and also thy friends and their families, and the friends of Jared, Yared or Yared, and their families. And when thou hast done this, thou shalt go at the head of them down, cf. Tered, into the valley which is northward, Ether 1, 41-42. And it came to pass that Jared, Yared or Yared, and his brother and their families, and also the friends of Jared and his brother and their families, went down, cf. Yaredu, into the valley which was northward. And the name of the valley was Nimrod, being called after the mighty hunter with their flocks, which they had gathered together, male and female of every kind. Ether 2.1 And it came to pass that when they, the Jaredites, had come down, C.F. Yaredu, into the valley of Nimrod, the Lord came down, C.F. Yarad, and talked with the brother of Jared, Yared, or Yared, and he was in a cloud, and the brother of Jared saw him not. Ether 2.4 as editor, Moroni appears to have crafted the narrative to include onomastic wordplay on the name Jared, written in the Hebrew Bible as Yared or Yared, a patriarchal name as noted above, which sounds very similar to the Hebrew verb Yarad, descend, go down. The people of Jared come down into the valley of Nimrod, the appointed place where the Lord comes down to meet them. Moroni describes the Lord coming down or descending in a theophanic cloud, and his talking with them in language that recalls the exodus and the wilderness tent of meeting. Quote, and it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar, Amud He'anan, descended, Yered, and stood, Amad, at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses, Exodus 33.9. And the Lord descended, Yared, in the cloud, and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Exodus 34, 5. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, and unto Aaron, and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation, O Helmoed. And they three came out, and the Lord came down, Wa'yared, in the pillar of the cloud, Be'amod Anan, and stood, Wa'yamod, in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. Numbers 12, 4 through 5. Thus, Moroni appears to have intentionally described the Lord's theophanic condescensions using language from Exodus and its ideological description of the function of the tent of the meeting. We witness the same phenomenon as the narrative progresses. Moroni records, quote, And it came to pass at the end of four years that the Lord came again unto the brother of Jared, Yared, or Yared, and stood in a cloud and talked with him. And for the space of three hours did the Lord talk with the brother of Jared, and chastened him, because he remembered not to call upon the name of the Lord. Ether 2.14. See further, Ether 4.1, 
and 6.2, 19 and 21, which echo the foregoing wordplay on brother of Jared Yarat. Thus, Moroni seems to have made an ongoing narrative effort to associate the name Jared with the Lord's theophanic condescensions, or comings down, and the origin of the Jaredites as a people with coming down or going down. One might even go further in surmising that the importance of the name Jared in the foregoing semiotic context offers a plausible explanation for why Moroni consistently opts for the circumlocution the brother of Jared over the name Moriankimer, attested only in Ether 2.13, in telling his Jaredite narrative. Indeed, this same onomastic principle seems to hold for Mormons and Moroni's respective uses of the term Jaredites in Mormon 9.23 and People of Jared on the title page of the Book of Mormon and in Moroni 1.1. The term Jaredites itself suggests the notion of Yoradim, those who go down, and eventually go down to destruction. In other words, the name Jaredites, or people of Jared, tells their story. A means of bringing down the people unto destruction, Helaman 6.25. In Helaman 6, Mormon identifies the Jaredite secret combinations, in which Alma warned his son Helaman against disclosing to the public, Alma 37, 27 through 29 and 32, with the Gadianton robbers. Quote, now behold, it is these secret oaths and covenants which Alma commanded his son should not go forth unto the world, lest they should be a means of bringing down, C.F. Lahorid, the people unto destruction, C.F. Abaddon. Helaman 6.25. Several things about Mormon's statement require commentary here. First, Mormon uses calculated, name-driven language to link the Gadianton problem to the Jaredites, forcing the audience to see the genetic relationship between the two. He partially achieves this through an elusive wordplay on Jaredites in terms of the causative verbal form of the root Yarat, perhaps an infinitival form like Lehorid, or a functional equivalent. The causative form of the verb Yarad constitutes the key term in several Hebrew idioms that describe persons being brought down to the spirit world, of which destruction serves as one description. The accession narrative of Solomon in the Deuteronomistic history contains a pair of examples useful in understanding Mormon's collocation in Helaman 6.25. First Kings 1 presents an aging David as something of a dotard, behind whose back Nathan and Bathsheba orchestrate the transfer of the succession of the throne from the expectant Adonijah to Bathsheba's son Solomon. First Kings 2, however, presents David with a revived lucidity, ordering the elimination of political enemies as revenge and as insurance against potential threats against Solomon's throne. First, David orders the killing of Joab, his top military commander and longtime devoted servant, with the words, quote, Do therefore according to thy wisdom, and let not his hoar head, i.e. his gray hair, go down, wellow torrent, to the grave, Sha'ol, in peace. 1 Kings 2.6. David then orders the killing of Shimei, the son of Gera from the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Saul, David's predecessor, with the words, quote, Now therefore hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his whorehead bring thou down, Wehorad ta, to the grave, Sheol, with blood. 1 Kings 2.9. Regarding the chilling scene of killings that follow, Walter Brueggemann writes, quote, Solomon's ascent to power is orchestrated by a series of killings that parallel the violent choreography of the Godfather, close quote. 
This episode, with its mafia-style executions, thus constitutes a fitting illustration of Mormon's use of the collocation bringing down the people to destruction, with the verb yarad, lehorid, as a description of the deeds of the Gadiantans and their Jaredite origin. The term rendered destruction, in translation as Mormon uses it, also represents more than the reader initially may realize. As a semantic matching, or so-called parallelistic term, to Hebrew Sheol, is Abaddon, the place of destruction or underworld, usually translated destruction. A few examples will suffice. Quote, Hell, Sheol, and destruction, Abaddon, are before the Lord, how much more than the hearts of the children of men. Proverbs 15.11 Quote, Hell, Sheol, and destruction, Abaddon, Ketiv, Abaddo, Kere, Abaddon, are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. Proverbs 27.20 Quote, Hell, Sheol, is naked before him, and destruction, Abaddon, hath no covering. Job 26.60 Psalm 33.9, Masoretic Text 4 and 10, attests similar Yarad-based idioms involving the Hebrew noun Bor, cistern, pitfall, world of the dead, and Shachat, pit or grave, which constitute additional euphemisms or synonyms for the underworld, i.e. the spirit world. Quote, O Lord, Thou hast brought up my soul from the grave, Sheol. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should go not down, Ketiv miyordi, Kere miyordi, literally, from my going down, to the pit, the world of the dead, bore. What profit is there in my blood when I go down, bered ti, to the pit, Shachat? Additional examples could be multiplied here. In the verses that follow his Yarad, or Lehodid, wordplay, in verse 25, Mormon carefully alibis Alma the Younger, whose instructions to Helaman regarding the Gadianton oaths Mormon had earlier included in Alma 37, 27 through 32, from any culpability in the Gadianton problem. See Helaman 6:26. This he does while maintaining the genetic link to Canidic and Jaredic secret combinations. See Helaman 6, 27-28. When Mormon subsequently asserts that Satan, quote, put it in the heart of Gadianton to still carry on the work of darkness and of secret murder, close quote, he uses the language of continuity. Gadianton still carried on what he had acquired from Jaredite sources. The same Jaredites who had earlier, in their turn, carried the works of darkness from records that harked back to Cain and his followers. In other words, Mormon sees Cainitic, Jaredidic, and Nephite secret combinations on a kind of continuum. They had come down to believe in their works. Mormon's second wordplay on Jaredites is even more transparent than the first. In an effort to describe the severe worsening of the Gadianton problem, Mormon contrasts the approach of the Lamanites to that of the Nephites. See especially Helaman 6, 20, and 37-40. The Lamanites of that period knew the truth articulated by Mormon in Alma 31.5. The preaching of the word had had more powerful effect upon the minds of the people than the sword or anything else which had happened unto them. The Nephites did not. Quote, and it came to pass that the Lamanites did hunt the band of robbers of Gadianton, and they did preach the word of God among the more wicked part of them, insomuch that this band of robbers was utterly destroyed from among the Lamanites. And it came to pass, on the other hand, that the Nephites did build them up, 
and support them, beginning at the more wicked part of them, until they had overspread all the land of the Nephites, and had seduced the more part of the righteous, until they had come down, Yaridu or Yordu, to believe in their works and partake of their spoils, and to join with them in their secret murders and combinations. Hilleman 6, 37-38 The diction and wordplay in terms of Yarad here are deliberate. In coming down to believe in Gadianton, the Nephites had come down to become just like the Jaredites, those who go down, the source of the Gadianton problem. For a second time in the same text in which he uses wordplay on Cain to emphasize the antiquity of the origin of secret combinations generally, he employs an onomastic wordplay that points to the Jaredites in order to emphasize the genetic relationship between Jaredite secret combinations and Nephite secret combinations. Mormon emphasizes the horror of the Nephite moral condition. The Nephites were becoming Jaredites, and all that such portended for the future. That ye may not bring down the fullness of the wrath of God upon you. All of the foregoing prepares us to return to Moroni's account of the Jaredites, and the scenes in Ether 1 through 2, in which he associates Jaredite origins with going down, Yarat. In Ether 2, 8 through 12, Moroni suddenly breaks off his narrative of the Jaredite migration, to describe the Lord's oath to the brother of Jared, and the penalty for the violation of that oath. Moroni summarizes the oath thus, quote, That whoso should possess this land of promise, from that time henceforth and forever, should serve him, the true and only God, or they should be swept off when the fullness of his wrath should come upon them. Ether 2.8 Moroni draws the conclusion, quote, We can behold the decrees of God concerning this land. Ether 2.9 fully evident in the destruction of two nations, the Jaredites, whose story he is telling, and the Nephites, whose demise he has personally witnessed. Canitic secret combinations of the Jaredite strain destroyed both the Jaredites and the Nephites. This suggests that Moroni's diction is anything but happenstantial. Quote, and this cometh unto you, O ye Gentiles, that ye may know the decrees of God, that ye may repent and not continue in your iniquities until the fullness become, that ye may not bring down, cf. Toridu, Horat Tem, the fullness of the wrath of God upon you as the inhabitants of the land hath hitherto done. Ether 2.11 Moroni reflects on his father's statement in Helaman 6.25, It is these secret oaths and covenants which Alma commanded his son should not go forth to the world, lest they should be a means of bringing down the people unto destruction. And 6.38 the Gadiantans, had seduced the more part of the righteous, Nephites, until they had come down to believe in their works and partake of their spoils. In his use of the collocation, that ye may not bring down the fullness of the wrath of God upon you. The Nephites had in essence become Jaredites, i.e. pejoratively, those who go down to destruction, by coming down to believe in what amounted to Jaredite works and bringing down their own people to destruction. Mormon and Moroni saw the Latter-day Gentiles in the land of promise as the potential third in a sequence of annihilations. Jaredites, ancient Gentiles, Nephites, Israelites, and Latter-day Gentiles. All of this helps us better appreciate Moroni's plaintive warning and plea at the end of Ether 8, following his description of the formation of secret combinations among the Jaredites. Quote, and now I, Moroni, do not write the manner of their oaths and combinations, for it hath been made known unto me that they are had among all people, and they are had among the Lamanites, and they have caused the destruction of this people of which I am now speaking, 
and also the destruction of the people of Nephi. And whatsoever nation shall uphold such secret combinations to get power and gain, cf. Cain and Canaan, Ether 8, 15-16, until they shall spread over the nation, behold, they shall be destroyed. For the Lord will not suffer that the blood of his saints, which shall be shed by them, shall always cry unto him from the ground for vengeance upon them, and yet he avenge them not. Wherefore, O ye Gentiles, it is wisdom in God that these things should be shown unto you, that thereby ye may repent of your sins, and suffer not that these murderous combinations shall get above you, which are built up to get power and gain, and the work, yea, even the work of destruction, come upon you. Yea, even the sword of the justice of the eternal God shall fall upon you to your overthrow and destruction, if ye shall suffer these things to be. Therefore the Lord commandeth you, when ye shall see these things come among you, that ye shall awake to a sense of your awful situation, because of this secret combination which shall be among you. For woe be unto it, because of the blood of them who have been slain. For they cry from the dust for vengeance upon it, and also upon those who built it up. For it cometh to pass that whoso buildeth it up seeketh to overthrow the freedom of all lands, nations, and countries. And it bringeth to pass the destruction of all people. For it is built up by the devil, which is the father of all lies, even that same liar which beguiled our first parents, even that same liar which hath caused man to commit murder from the beginning, which hath hardened the hearts of men that they have murdered the prophets and stoned them, and cast them out from the beginning. Wherefore I, Moroni, am commanded to write these things, that evil may be done away, and that the time may come that Satan may have no power upon the hearts of the children of men, but that they may be persuaded to do good continually, that they may come unto the fountain of all righteousness and be saved. Ether 8, 20-26 Conclusion A warning to the Latter-day Gentiles on the land of promise. Mormon uses wordplay on Jaredites, based on Hebrew Yarad, in the negative purpose clause, lest they, the secret combinations, oaths, and covenants, should be a means of bringing down, C.F. Lehorid, the people unto destruction, Helaman 6.25. And in the prepositional phrase, until they had come down, C.F. Yaradu, or Yordu, to believe in their works, Helaman 6.38. He does so as a means of accentuating the genetic relationship between Jaredic secret combinations and the Gadianton robbers. Moroni reflects upon his father's use of this type of pejorative wordplay on Jaredites in terms of Yorad, when he directly addresses Latter-day Gentiles against adopting Jaredic secret combinations as the Nephites had done. So, quote, that ye may repent and not continue in your iniquities until the fullness be come, that ye may not bring down, cf. Toridu, Horad Tem, the fullness of the wrath of God upon you as the inhabitants of the land hath hitherto done. Ether 2.11. The use of all three pejorative Yarad-based wordplays on Jared, Jaredites, serve as a pointed warning to Latter-day Gentiles who would occupy New World lands of promise in the latter day. Canitic and Jaredic secret combinations destroyed both an Israelite nation, the Nephites, and a Gentile nation, the Jaredites. The Jaredites not only served as Mormons and Moroni's model for how an entire nation might destroy itself, but also as a prototype for all Gentiles in the land of promise, especially those who would occupy it in the latter days. See, e.g., the Lord's promise to the brother of Jared, quote, 
there shall be none greater than the nation which I will raise up unto me of thy seed upon all the face of the earth. Ether 1.43 At the present moment, Latter-day Gentiles on the land of promise continue to, quote, ripen iniquity. C.F. Ether 2.9 and 9.20 And thus stand in real danger of becoming Jaredites, i.e. Yoredim, or those who go down to destruction, and bring down destruction upon themselves through secret combinations like the Jaredites did and the Nephites who embraced the secret combinations of their Jaredite predecessors. Author's Note I would like to thank Susie Bowen, Jeff Lindsay, Alan Wyatt, Victor Worth, Tanya Spackman, Don Norton, and Daniel C. Peterson. Matthew Albone was raised in Orm, Utah, and graduated from Brigham Young University. He holds a Ph.D. in Biblical Studies from the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., and is currently an Associate Professor in Religious Education at Brigham Young University, Hawaii. He is also the author of Name as Keyword, Collected Essays on Onomastic Wordplay and the Temple in Mormon Scripture. Salt Lake City, Interpreter Foundation, and Eborn Books, 2018. He and his wife, the former Suzanne Blackberg, are the parents of three children, Zachariah, Nathan, and Adele. This has been a recording of Coming Down and Bringing Down, Pejorative Onomastic Allusions to the Jaredites in Helaman 625, 638, and Ether 2.11 by Matthew Albowen, published in Interpreter, a Journal of Latter-day Saint Faith and Scholarship, Volume 42, 2021, read by Victor Worth. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed. If it remains unchanged, the journal and its website are credited and is for non-commercial use. A printed version of this and many other articles on Latter-day Saint scripture can be found at journal.interpreterfoundation.org. More information about the Interpreter Foundation, along with a wide array of additional resources, can be found at interpreterfoundation.org.